Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn, founder and CEO of Back to Business and your host. I'm here to help you get a job, and I'm not just going to share advice on our topic in each episode. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it, because here's how are two of my favorite words. It's get a job, here's how. Let's get started. Hey, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to have Ryan Carey from Better On Video as my guest today. And we've got a great show lined up. So I want to say hello to Ryan and welcome him to the podcast. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me, Katie. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. So I want to start off with just sort of reframing kind of the current situation that we're in, because I think it's easy to look at the world and think, this is not a good job market. Nobody's hiring. And while hiring may have slowed down a little bit, I think we can sort of reframe that to a more optimistic way of looking at the world, which is hiring is being done differently now than it was a few weeks ago, even. And the changes happen fast, but the way that it's happening now is via video interview. So while this may be sort of a little bit of downtime for some job seekers out there, there are things that we can be doing as job seekers to make ourselves better candidates, to be more prepared when hiring does come roaring back, which we um, look forward to that happening. Yeah. So one of those things is to figure out how to get really good at doing the video interview. And that's where Ryan comes in because he is an expert in this. So Ryan, I would love to have you share with us your background and how you got into doing what you're doing and tell us a little bit about Better On Video. Absolutely. So I have been in the world of video for about 15 years. I've always loved video. I've always been interested, you know, even from when I was a kid, I loved camcorders and I loved just this idea of, you know, being able to do yourself what they were doing on TV in 2006, I was living in San Francisco, working in tech, and I happened to come upon a small company called YouTube, and they were hiring. And I said, I love what you're doing, and I would love to uh, help you do whatever it is you're going to keep doing. So I got a job at YouTube when it was a really small startup. And my job, my job technically was to help them sell advertising before they, even, before they actually knew how they were going to sell advertising and figure out how to make YouTube worth any sort of value. Long story kind of short, three months later, Google bought us. So my job changed significantly. I became a video evangelist for businesses of all shapes and sizes. This is, you know, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. So back then the message was, hey, you should think about making your own kind of videos instead of running your TV commercials on YouTube. That was the general message. And it was a hard sell then. But basically, I got paid to watch YouTube videos and sort of study what worked and what didn't work. I got to sort of make my own metrics about what I thought worked versus what the market thought worked. You know, what, you know, the people thought that if you got 5 million views, that that meant it worked. I 
thought a little bit differently. I thought, you know, if it could reach one person in a deep way, then the video works. So really, that paved the way for this opportunity that I've been working on for probably about seven years, where, you know, I would work, I would work with these companies who would love to brag about their people. They'd say, we have the most, the best talent. I also know that people and authenticity is what works in the video world. And I see all these companies wasting money on hiring actors to do, to talk about how great the company is. So I kind of thought to myself, why don't these people who are so great that these companies love to talk so highly about, why aren't they part of this video strategy to reach potential hires or reach customers or whatever it is? And that's when I realized there was a hole. And the hole, which probably doesn't come as a surprise to too many people, is that both of us don't know how to be effective on camera and we don't really want to be. So we'd rather watch. We'd rather not be in front of the camera. So I started training people to just be themselves in front of the camera. And that has now evolved into better on, which is exactly what it sounds like. We, we work to help people get better on video. Awesome. Cool. That must have been exciting being an early YouTube employee and seeing the shift as Google acquired them. So that's that's very cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And you have one of those jobs, I think, that is like one of those things we say, you know, when I was growing up, that wasn't even a job like that didn't even exist. So pretty cool how you sort of evolved into this opportunity here. I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, it's very fun. Very cool. So let's talk about video interviewing because I think for a lot of people, they worry that if their interview is going to be done virtually, they're missing out on the chance to, you know, you can read people's cues from their body language sometimes that you can do in person. That might be harder over video, but you probably have a different perspective on that being a video guy. So talk to us about maybe the opportunity that a video interview presents for a candidate as opposed to an in-person. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it really, it really presents a chance to, to, to kind of plan how you or how somebody wants to come across, which may not feel that way because video interviews can probably feel very intimidating. And I do want to point out that we are living in a time where we have, there's two-way and one-way. And I know that we're talking about two-way here where you're being interviewed virtually, but there's also a lot of companies who use video interviewing platforms where you record answers instead of talking to someone. So we can touch on that too. I've actually done a little bit of research into that market. But, but in terms of this two-way world, you know, I think that before we even talk about the candidate, it's you know, one of the most important things that I tell any client is this idea of knowing your frame. And what that means is that if you're on video, someone is obviously watching you but they're watching everything that your camera is showing. So, you know, they're seeing a box and you're just one part of the box. And people should understand that everything in the box is being considered. It's not just you, it's not just your answer, it's not just your energy. So before you even think about what, what it is you're wearing, think about what, what that person is seeing. And there are some basic things, you know, be well lit, put your 
put put the back of your laptop to a window to have some natural light come on you. And if you don't have that, put a lamp behind your laptop. Make sure that you have good audio. Make sure that you can be heard. Make sure that you're not next to a window with a bunch of traffic going going by. Those are just kind of the basic like home studio production tips. And since we're all living in this time, you know, everybody has, has a home studio. So speaking of the home studio, because now, like you say, we all live in our own home studios these days. Mm -hmm. What kind of a space do you want to look for in your home to be your setting for your video interview? So it's funny because I've been noticing a lot of people's choices in these past couple of weeks of what they're doing with this time. And you don't need a lot of space. I wouldn't say a closet will do the trick, but I think, you know, a small corner in a room that has a nicely colored wall doesn't hurt. I think less clutter is better than more clutter. So keeping it simple can really, can really work. Plants perk up the frame. So if you've got plants around, use them. Put them in there as a little bit of a prop. You know, there is nothing wrong. There, let me point this out. There's nothing wrong with staging your home studio for a video interview to make it look more pleasant for your viewer. Nice. All right. Great idea. Where do you want your, your camera to be? Like, what's the angle that's most favorable? You want to raise your camera up either eye level or an inch or two higher. And one easy way to do this is to get a stack of books and just put them in front of you. And obviously practice makes perfect. So take all the time you need to play with this before you have an actual interview. But when you do have your camera raised, it's helpful to practice dropping your chin. One of one of our better on coaches is a professional headshot photographer. And this is a tip that he gives people all the time. And it's and it, and it feels weird. It sounds weird, but it, but it works. Dropping your chin when the camera is eye level gives people more access to your eyes, which really, really matters when it comes to human connection. And it sounds, you know, a little bit poetic, but eyes truly are the windows to our soul. And that matters when you're trying to connect someone who might have a, have an influence on you getting hired for a job. Interesting. All right. That's a good tip. I haven't heard that one. Yesterday, I was listening to a video, watching it, and the speaker said he taped a little picture of like googly eyes right at his camera on his screen to remind him to keep looking up there because our tendency is to look at the screen so you can see the other person then you're not sort of making that eye contact with them. That's really hard for me to remember, but I liked the trick. Do you it's, do things like that too? That, yes, that is extremely important. You know, the thing about our, our laptops these days is most of us, there is a little light indicates we are recording, but otherwise you don't really have a cue to look into the camera. But it's very important to remember the camera is the interviewer's eyes. So we're always tempted to look at who we're talking to. And on our screen in these two-way interviews, we're not looking into the camera. And we think we're connecting with the person, but we're not. 
So it takes a little bit of discipline to remember to look up at that camera. But I promise anyone, if, if you record yourself in practice and you record yourself introducing yourself while looking at the screen versus looking at that camera, you're going to see a huge difference in how you come across. If, if you are looking at the camera, then you are not seeing how is this person reacting? Are they appalled by what I said? Are they laughing? Are they, you kind of miss out on that because you're not actually seeing their reaction on screen. I guess that's probably just something you have to get used to in order to be good on video. I think that everybody needs to find their style and find their balance. I think that there is a little bit of forgiveness there. If I'm being interviewed and I'm really trying to focus on the lens, the camera lens, when I'm giving my answer, and then when I'm listening or hearing the person speak and I'm looking at the screen and I go back and forth, I don't think that's too drastic of an eye movement that it would throw someone off. It's like having a conversation. You don't want to stare at someone for a minute on end because it'll just you know, make it uncomfortable. But as long as you return to their eyes, as long as you remember to come back when you can and remind yourself to, to connect to that eye contact, in this case, the lens, that's what I think is going to have the, the strongest effect on them. Okay, good. That's good. <clears throat> because you, you know that it's like a conversation. And it is supposed to be a conversation. It's just that we're trying to get used to doing it over a new medium. So, right, but exactly. essentially the same conversation rules apply as yep. in a person-to-person <laughs> exactly. conversation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to, we're trying to take the real world, the real world virtual and make it as similar as possible. Got it. All right, so let's talk about your energy on a video call. And this is something I'm really curious about because if you if you are if you do public speaking, I say you've got to if you think you're at a 10 with your energy level in front of a crowd, you're probably at an 8. And so you've got to really amp it up even more than you think you should. And so my question is does that apply in video too or are we trying to really just replicate a conversation and you just sort of maintain your normal energy level. How does that all translate on video? My thought is that it takes even more energy than if you're in a meeting or on a stage or in, or in person. And one sort of activity that I, that I give to people when they're practicing, record yourself giving your bio of who you are. And acknowledge one to 10, how does it feel when you're talking to the camera? And do it, you know, two or three times and get, and get your story down and try and be engaged and don't forget to smile and, you know, just do all these things that don't feel natural when you're in front of a camera talking to an audience that you can't see. And give yourself a ranking. How do I feel one to 10 while doing this? <clears throat> and then watch it. And acknowledge as an audience member how does it look one to ten and see what you notice because in in the same way you're talking about public speaking i think it's it's very similar that people may think to themselves okay i'm going to give this an eight and they think it's all over the place and they're like wow i was really energetic and they watch it and it's like whoa i barely even you know came across there so that's a really good sort of like self-reflective lesson because everyone's different, obviously, on 
on um, where how much energy they can they can bring. But what I tell people is push yourself to be an eleven out of ten. You know, when you're when you are, I mean, especially when you're when you're practicing and learning, what is the energy you really need? But it comes down to a two-way interview. You might learn to dial it in even further based on that other person's energy. But when you are practicing, you know, assuming, you know, I like to tell people, assume that the person on the other end of the camera is really bored and you've got to make them care and engage them on everything you're saying. And that's not just through your words, it's through your energy. So try and pump that up a little bit. Great. So you, you don't really want to match the energy. I mean, if I'm an interviewer and I'm like, hmm, you're, I'm pretty bored. This is boring. I'm not too excited to be here. As a candidate, if you show up with that same type of energy, you're not going to go very far in this process. So you do need to sort of bring your own energy and maintain that, even if you're faced with someone on the other end who is staring you down like you're, you're pretty dull. The rules here are the same as really the rules of video and business right now across the board, I like to tell people. There is no professional or amateur world of video that we are living in anymore. And I like to say that we're, we are all living in the Super Bowl right now. Like these are Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercial caliber moments. And what that means is that you know, aside from an interview, if I put a video out, out in, into the world, whoever's watching my video, by the time they get to me, they have probably watched two YouTube videos, a Facebook Live, you know, an Instagram story, maybe a Netflix movie, and then they get to me. And there is no difference to them who I am. I'm another person on a screen. So to that end, I've got to bring my A game and be as engaging as possible, because if not, I'm not gonna, if I just approach it like I'm having a conversation, I'm not gonna measure up to any of the other content that their brain has been exposed to. Now, when we talk about interviews, I'm up against other, other, other candidates, which is actually a smaller pool. Put yourself in a bit of a competitive mode up against the other video candidates. You coming off a little bit more engaged and energetic will probably stand out among other candidates. And are there are there ways that you can do that with your voice? Like, do you recommend people vary their tone or their rate of speech, or do you get louder to emphasize some things? And does that work? Is or is that re is that really hard for a mere mortal human to master those techniques? Not at all. Not at all. I think it's just, it's, it really just comes down to how willing are you to step outside your comfort zone, play with your own abilities and our voice and our eye contact and our intonation are all of those things. There was a study done about what people remember from face-to-face -face communication, what they take away. They, you know, they interviewed like a thousand people and there are three categories of what people did take away it was the message the intonation and the body movement and the percentage of message that was retained compared to the other two was seven percent whereas the other two were like 44 and 38 oh, percent and wow. what, what that means is that people don't remember what we say they remember how we make them feel 
So using your tone is really a superpower in this case. You have a short amount of time to make them feel something. And the next step, you know, maybe it's an in-person interview, maybe it's maybe it's an offer. Your tone is really one of your weapons <laughs> to use. What 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 kind of tone could I be using? You know, it to me is telling stories. So when you think about an exciting story that you've heard someone tell you or you've told someone else, and you think about the inflection in someone's voice, and you think about um, you know the pause, maybe maybe even drama, you can bring some of that to an interview. It doesn't have to be a big dramatic story. But you can really fluctuate your voice. Um, and again, I would encourage everyone to practice this. I would encourage you to take a half an hour of your day and practice giving your story. See how it looks when you watch it back, when you, when you play with those tones. All right, great advice. And I love, you know, with Zoom, you can just make a free account and you can Zoom your friends and get your practice that way so when it comes time for game day you are bringing your a game and you're ready to roll with us absolutely yeah great let's talk about what to wear is like is simplicity the best idea patterns color anything work better than anything else in this format i yeah i think simplicity is better solids are good I've always heard that red makes an impression, power red. So maybe do some research on that. I don't know. I heard, I, I, I've heard that it's worked for people. So whatever, whatever that's worth. So a few jobs ago, I worked in admissions for a business school. And I did a lot of Skype interviews with candidates who were trying to get into the school. And so I've seen a lot of really weird things in people's homes and in the, the backgrounds that they use for their video interviews. But one day I interviewed a woman who was in Chicago and it was in the middle of winter and we were on Skype. And so I'm looking at like where she is. It was just a really odd setting. And finally I said to her, are you sitting in your car? I said, yeah, maybe at home. And I couldn't be sure the baby wasn't going to cry. So I'm sitting in my car. I could see like snow piles out there. She must have been freezing. And she took her, her Skype video interview in her car. So I was like, wow, dang, you really want this. That's pretty good. I was sort of impressed with the, you know, the tenacity there. Well, actually, so Katie, let me ask you this. Can you remember any, like what was one of the most impactful or positive interviews over Skype you did that kind of sticks out to you? Yeah, I do remember interviewing a woman. Actually, she worked at Google and she just, she was in her office. So nice professional setting. And she just, she like conveyed warmth even over a video interview. And I just remember kind of concluding that interview and thinking, I would really like to hang out with her. She just mm. came across really well and she had great stories and she, she just kind of knew she really mastered it. So she was really good. Cool. Interesting. So before we leave video interviews, 
you mentioned the difference between the two-way and the one-way. Oh. And with the one-way being a lot of those software services that companies are using where they'll essentially shoot out a question to you, it's automated. You sign in and you have to answer the question. Let's talk about that. I think that's particularly challenging just because you're sort of talking to an empty screen there. It can be really tricky because you're talking to an empty screen. You obviously don't know the questions that are going to be coming. However, you can probably, if it's a first or second round, you might be able to venture to guess just the basic screening questions. So having talking points in the back of your mind can probably give you a bit of a, a leg up there. If it's like, you know, this is 60 seconds, just tell us about yourself. You know, that's a huge opportunity to really just really knock them dead. So I've actually done a couple projects for different companies to research for them, which video interviewing software they should use. So two or three years ago, I had to try all of them and I had to kind of take, take notes on what I thought was effective and what, and what was, and this is more for the company side, not for the interviewer side, interviewee side, but I, but I did take that into consideration. So for most of these, you know, you have five or six questions lined up and there are different settings that the company can make. They can allow you to have unlimited attempts where you, you can record yourself 30 times on the same question and only submit the final one. Or it can be you have one try and that's it. And then there's everything in between where you may get three attempts and the third one has, has to go through. So the same rules apply as a two-way interview where, you know, your presence matters and your background matters, but this is a little bit more timely where it's really hard to be talking to no one. It's really hard, especially in, in an interview where like the stakes are higher than just a conversation that you really need to, I think, show up with a bit of urgency. And the reason I say that is that when we're staring into the abyss of this blank camera and then there's no one there, people tend to slow down and they tend to get a little bit lost. And these one-way job interview platforms is not the time or the place to slow down or get lost. You know, you've kind of got to turn it up a little bit. But I will say that the same practice rules apply, that the more comfortable you can get recording and watching yourself and knowing how you come across, you can master your presence really easily that way. Okay, great. Yeah, I definitely am not a fan of the one way just because it's just challenging. It's like talking right. to yourself, but like you say, the stakes are high. So it's interesting that we tend to slow down in those situations. That makes a ton of sense. So just being really mindful of keeping the energy up and like you said, showing up with a little bit of urgency. I think that's a great tip. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Super. Okay. So now I want to talk about having a video resume because I think in today's world of not being able to shake someone's hand and hand them a resume in person or just make a personal impression that a video resume is probably a really good alternative. 
So if you would tell us, let's start off with what is a video resume? <laughs> I think we're, we're all figuring that out as we speak, because what I'm learning is that the video resume is, is not a video version of a paper resume. I think we should, we should make that kind of clear to people. I think that to me, somebody can read your experience. Somebody can read your resume. What they can't read is you telling the story of your experience. We can call it a video resume. It's kind of a video cover letter, introduction, get to know you opportunity. But for the sake of simplicity, we'll call it a video resume. But what I've noticed working with a lot of clients right now in this space is that first impressions matter, meaning the very beginning of that video is really, really important. And one mistake I would say I see people make is that when they approach a video resume, they think of telling a linear story. And they might begin by starting with 15 years ago and then work their way up to now. But by the time they get to now, which I think is more relevant to the employer, the employer is probably bored and may not be as interested. So I encourage people to work the other way. I encourage them to start with now. And really those first 10 seconds, give them something that is unique to you, that is very different. The, the, there's a director, a lot of people may know, Alan Sorkin, who directed The, the West Wing, <clears throat> who said, one of the biggest sins you can commit is by telling the audience something they already know. And to me, what in this case, what that what that says is that we've all seen videos, we all have watched people talk into a video camera, and we've all heard someone introduce themselves in a fairly normal way by saying, you know, for example, if I'm going to start off a video by saying, hi, I'm Ryan, and I'm the founder of a company called Veteron, and today I'm going to tell you about why I'm relevant. By the end of that sentence, it's already over because they can, that person already knows I'm just giving them what they already know. But if I were to start a video by saying, do you know why you should hire me? Well, that's why you're watching this video. Let me tell you about myself. Like just that little tiny couple seconds of framing what you're saying differently is going to grab whoever's watching you. And you're going to, you know, I think most people don't do that. So it could help a candidate stand out. Keep it tight. Keep it short. The same rules of 11 out of 10 apply. You know, do it a lot. Do, do a lot of practice takes and give yourself space. But really, I, I, one of these things that I, I don't see a lot of people doing this yet. There's been a lot of talk over the past couple of years. I still don't see a lot of people doing it. I think it's one of the most, it's one of the biggest advantages people can leverage these days because you have total control over this one-way story that, that you are telling. And on top of having a, hopefully a great video resume come out of it, it's a great lesson in um, personal growth because pushing yourself to be yourself in front of a camera and tell your real engaging story isn't easy. So if you can get there and do that, it's probably gonna make you a stronger candidate anyway. Great. How long should a video resume be? 
I'm going to cap it at 90 seconds. If we look at what the goal of this video resume might be, it's probably to get an interview. It's probably to get to the next level. So just realize that whoever's watching doesn't have a lot of time, but they also don't need a lot of time to form an opinion about you. So that's why that first 10 seconds is really, really key that they're going to know quickly like, oh, this person's energy is good. I'm going to bring them in. All right, great. Now, if I have a video resume and it's less than 90 seconds and it's amazing, what do I do with it? Do I email that to people? Do I put it on my LinkedIn? What do I do with that? That's a great question. So now we get into, so in in the world of video, in the world of video, this to me falls under the under the department of video, or excuse me, distribution strategy. It depends where the video is going to actually live. So if you record yourself, you've got to put it somewhere to be viewed. You could put it on YouTube and then you have a YouTube link that could be sent via email to somebody specifically to a, to a group. You could put that link on LinkedIn and you it could be in your profile, it could be in a post, it could be in a direct message to a potential hiring manager. So you could also upload it directly to LinkedIn, like upload the file itself directly to LinkedIn. I think one of the most effective ways that people could approach this, especially if they have not done this yet, would be to, for example, use YouTube as your home base. So if you record yourself doing this video resume, cover letter, intro, take the best one and upload it to YouTube. If you don't have a YouTube channel, it's really, really easy. You don't have to do anything else. Have the title say something like Ryan Carey, the introduction. And then that link will be your, what you can send out to people. You can you put that on LinkedIn. You can send that to hiring managers. You can send that out to your network to say, hey, everyone, I made a video of myself kind of talking about my strengths and what I'm looking for. If you know anyone, please send this along to them. I just think it's just it, it's, it's a great way to make a first impression by recording yourself. One other technology software that I've been using a lot that I love to tell people about, and I promise you they are not paying me to do this. It's a company called Loom. Now, I know we all know Zoom, but Loom is is a plugin that plugs into a Chrome browser. And what it is, is it, it's a um, screen capture technology. So it'll record your whole screen, but it also records you from the webcam. So it's traditionally made uh, a good use case is for people who wanna present something. So they'll present something on the screen behind them, but they're actually kind of hosting in this little bubble. But what you can also do is, you know, pick a background, maybe pick your own paper resume, your electronic resume, and you introduce yourself in this same format, but it can be personalized. And when you're done with that, when you put it into an email, it becomes a great looking thumbnail. That's hard not to click. So if you want to stand out, Use Loom to create personalized video introductions for specific people or companies, because in that way you can customize what your appeal might be. You know, one company to the next, 
you can say, well, I'd make a great fit here at Google. But if you're, if you're also looking for a job at, you know, IBM, you can also say in a separate video, well, here's why I'd be a great fit for IBM. So Loom gives you a little bit more flexibility there. Nice. That's a great tip. And what a great way to stand out because I feel like video resumes are not very common right now. And so if you've got one that can really distinguish you as a candidate. So love those tips. Okay. So using Loom and customizing it, that's fantastic. Amazing. Love it. Gosh, very cool. Very cool. Do I have to be a skilled editor to do all this or just practice doing a few takes until I get one all the way through? That's good. So no, you don't. And I think that that's something that I really like to help people understand is that I think one thing that keeps people like, like the everyday person that keeps them away from video is this assumption that there is some video production skill needed. There is editing needed. And the truth is you really don't. And in both these examples, for the video resume, not using Loom, using your computer, if you have a Mac, there is something called Photo Booth that people are probably familiar with that you can record yourself on video, you can start and stop whenever you want, and you don't need to edit anything. PCs have a similar tool. If neither of those work, you can record yourself using Zoom for free, and that file will be sent to you. And if you do end up wanting to trim something, using QuickTime that a lot of people have on, on their computers, you can open up the file in QuickTime and click on trim. And trim will let you trim <laughs> the ends off of the video. And then you have this one file that's really, that's ready for YouTube. When we talk about Loom, Loom has this trimming tool built in. So you can actually do it right after you record it. And it's pretty easy. Once you do it a couple times, you'll think you'll think you're a natural editor anyway. Nice. All right. Fantastic. All right. So tons of great information here. I want to sum up a few of my favorite things that I heard you say that I think are really fantastic advice here. First, the idea that authenticity really works when you're on video and maybe a lesson that you learned at YouTube, but applies really well, I think, to any type of video, whether you're recording your video resume or you're doing a video interview. The idea that you want to be yourself, but be yourself with energy, right? Up in your energy level and doing a practice run to gauge where you think that energy level is, how it feels versus how it looks when you watch it back, because you may need to up it a little bit in order to come across well on video. And then also the idea of using your voice and your eye contact and that people won't remember what you said, but how they, how you made them feel. So how they, how much did they enjoy talking to you? How did you, did you leave them feeling good when you guys disconnected from the call? All things that are important that you can sort of use the tools of your body language and your voice and your eye contact to create that great impression. So 
tons of good information there. Love the idea of a video resume. I think that's a fantastic way to stand out in a crowded job market. And that if we can figure out how to master these video interviews as a candidate, that really gives us a leg up. So thank you, Ryan. This has been fantastic. You betcha. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us if people want to reach out and get in touch with you, where can we find you? The website is ironically www.betteron.video. So we grabbed a .video domain, which I didn't realize you could do until recently. And if people want to reach out to me directly, my email is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at betteron.com video and be happy to guide anybody more through this or see if we can help them out um, individually. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. And listeners, now that you know how to be amazing on video, go do it. I believe in you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.